Welcome, friends. Come now, have your seat by the fire. Here we tell stories of wonder and magic and of gypsies. Come closer and I will tell you of the wandering minstrels. Hello, Internet World. This is Laura. Welcome back to Wandering Minstrel Podcast. Thank you very much, Gwen, for filling in for me two weeks ago while I was doing finals. I would like to let everyone know that I aced them. Yes. I now only have two semesters left, and then I have my bachelor's degree. Yay. Okay, so that aside, we are talking about this little thing that came out last week called oh what is it called again oh stargazers that's right i think i remember that one um something about a blind girl and a duke's daughter and them hang i'm just kidding i know a lot about it obviously i mean my name is plastered all over the thing for goodness sake so um first thing i want to say is um, I am so incredibly, um, humbled by the response that we've been getting for Wandering, uh, for, not for Wandering Minstrels podcast, you know, who cares about that show? Um, but I'm really flabbergasted by the amount of response that Stargazers has gotten. Apparently, Gwen sends me all the stats and all the compliments that she's getting through the email. Um, cause apparently no one likes to tell me directly, <laughs> um, but that's okay. Um, so Gwen is saying that, um, the first day within the first 24 hours, there were over 350 downloads of stargazers. All I can say is wow, wow, wow. Wow. Um, I mean, it really, it almost made me cry. And I was at work and I was freaking out. And um, my coworkers were asking me what was going on. And I said, my show is a hit, I think. Um, so huge response. Even people in my family who have never heard of audio drama. I mean, they knew I did voice acting and, and whatnot, but they never actually paid attention to it. So today they did or not today, but, you know, this past week they have, and now I've got them hooked. <laughs> and it continues. I'm going to get my whole family involved, and believe me, I have a huge family. I, I mean, my guest list for my wedding was over 100 people, and 90% of them were family. That's how huge my family is. So if I can get them all involved, or at least listening that's about a hundred more people that you all will have listening to your shows isn't that awesome okay um i don't know what kind of voice that was but you know it happens um so anyway we're going into stargazers and we're going to talk about everything well not everything but we're going to talk about what is in the creation of it and right now i kind of feel like playing a little music so guess what i'm going to play for you
storm as my kind tend to be But I'd never look more than mere woman to thee For woman in this world means captive and slave But freedom's the power that my heritage gave T'was in my first lifetime it came to a head When the man I called father would force me to wed But it's trouble I want and to see the wide world I still hear him now saying Ladies, don't do those things Ah, no, they don't, but then dragonets do Stay hidden till nightfall and I'll come for you And when he awoke missing mother and I He never did think to look up to the sky What had married him he never knew So my sisters and I saw the kings come and go Till a queen came to power it was worthy to know When I and my kind offered aid to the queen To glean information as travelers unseen The men of her cabinet were shocked and appalled And spluttered and stalled saying ladies don't those things are no they don't but then little birds do i suppose you'd say that to elizabeth too well she never resented the help that we gave perhaps you'd have rather seen england enslaved you'd allies that you never
Okay, so as you may have noticed, that was Ladies Don't Do Those Things. I love that song. It's so fun. Well, fun isn't exactly the word. Siren song is fun. And that's over on Twisted Tales of Fairy. But um, this song is very, It's it makes you think. It really does. Um, because there were so many taboos of what ladies couldn't do. I mean, even in the audio drama world, there aren't that many uh, female writers. There aren't that many female directors or female-run um, audio groups. So I think that's one of the things that sets Gypsy Audio apart. No offense to the guys, and I really am a big fan of a lot of different shows that are run by guys. I just think that this is a unique experience that I'm so grateful to be a part of. All right, so we're going into Scargazers. I can't talk, apparently. Um, Stargazers. And what are we going to talk about with Stargazers? Uh, Well, let's start with the concept. Um, I've been playing around with this idea for years. I mean, really, years. Um, Mostly, like, they were two different stories at one point that I was playing around with. I was always playing around with the thought of a blind woman doing things that, um, you know, were very artistic, very unique, very uncommon, especially for a woman um, in in that day and age. And then I had another story about um, a duke's daughter or or a a noblewoman uh, who was more ambitious and wanted to be the warrior, wanted to be the adventurer, kind of like a Xena-esque style, but taking place in more like England rather than Greece and Rome. Um, And when Gwen and I started talking about writing our own show together, I asked her if what about if we took these two stories that I have and put them together and she got on board right away um now I was a little overwhelmed at writing a series and she said no problem we can go back and forth and I said oh that's an interesting idea so we really have no outline for the show as of right now because I will do one episode and she will do another. And so it's a complete surprise um, when I get the script. And she has a completely different way of writing than I do, I'm sure. Like, if I get stuck, I I have um, two sets of oracle cards. Um, and I kind of just play around with those until I get something that sounds interesting. Like, one has different locations and animals and um, uh, Celtic... Uh, gods and goddesses in it and so that helps me to wrap my head around some different plots um and then I have fairy cards which can help me um bring up the points that the the characters are going to face or be challenged by um I hope that doesn't take all the mystery out of it but you know sometimes random inspiration can help Um, the other thing that I do is I take my dog for a walk and there's a nice little wooded area that we go to behind my house and every day there's something different that I see and I have to, you um, I have a voice recorder on my phone and I have to make a verbal note. Check this for, uh, maybe later on in the series and, and so on and so forth. So that's pretty much the writing process. We were, um, 
we're going to go back and forth and she's going to use her own inspirations and perhaps in a later um, Wandering Minstrels episode when episode two is done, um, we'll uh, get Shivani's corner to be a little longer so she can go into the writing process for it. Um, let's see here. Now, I want to talk about the characters. First of all, the cast that the people that auditioned for Stargazers were phenomenal. And it was really hard for us, for Gwen and I, to narrow down who we wanted. And we ended up creating parts for people, which was really cool. Um, so one of the... Let's go into the, the different people. Obviously, Gwen and I have the main uh, characters. And the reason why is we haven't had a main character before. Um, and we probably will never get this opportunity to write ourselves as main characters again. So let's go for it, right? Um, and I have always envisioned her as Rhiannon. and I've envisioned her as a strong point and a center and a more adventurous type. Um, so she kind of thought she was going to be Bran. I was like, no, you're not the homebody. You're not the blind chick. You're, you're the one who is able-bodied and going to take the world head on. Um, as for me, I like to think of myself as um, an innovator. Um, like most of the, well, like a lot of us at Gypsy, we have um, medical issues that we have to overcome. And I feel like the blindness kind of is my disability at some point, except I'm not blind. Um, I'm, I've got an immune deficiency, which we'll go into at a later date. But it, it prevents me from doing some things. And it also helps me to figure out who my real friends are and who my fake friends are. Um... And I think that's something very important for a main character to have to go through. And I think that Rhiannon's going to have to go through that too. Uh, finding out who her real friends are and who the enemies are. And something she touched upon um, when she and Brea first meet. Uh, and that line actually where she says, um, which she says something like... Um, it makes for either a dull life with studies and court or a scary one with plots. That one she actually improvised and I really liked it. So kudos to Gwen. Okay, so the rest of the cast. Um, let's see here. We have Lord Froderick. Lord Froderick we cast uh, Michael Hudson for. And I was very, 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 very happy with his performance. And um, he took all of my criticism very well. <laughs> I emailed him a couple times saying, I need you to pronounce it this way or, or, and so on. Um, I was very happy with his uh, angry voice. Um, you know, I was, I was worried about that at one point because he has such a calm... Uh, calm voice to begin with um and he could do the exasperated sigh uh very well and I wasn't sure how the anger was going to come out of that but Michael did a superb job uh next we have Aiden um played by Ronnie Rollins and Ronnie really got the annoying little brother down pat 
I was so ecstatic when he uh, when he auditioned and I listened to it because uh, it was exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for the snivelly kind of, what do you mean, father? And I I can't even do it myself. Um, but I'm hoping that his character is going to pan out uh, the way I want it to, and he's going to be able to be a little more than the snivelly, conniving little brother that we see him in in the first episode. Uh, we also have Steven, played by Paul Campbell, and um, I, I was very excited about the accent to start with. I, I'm a big fan of accents, um, and he wasn't perfect. And that's something that I really wanted to convey in the character as well, that he's, um, you know, he's such a sweet guy. He's not perfect, even though he's the Duke's oldest son. Um, he has a little bit of a lisp, and I find that so endearing um, in the character. And I'm really glad that, you know, part of Paul is now in the character. Um the next person we have is uh, Cedric, played by Mark Kalita. I was so excited to get Mark Kalita on this. Um, originally, I had written, uh, I had written, I can, I can wrote, but I can't talk. Apparently, I wrote the part for my father, Alan Spencer, because um, I really wanted Cedric to be a storyteller, and I've always thought of my dad as as a very keen storyteller, and he does lots of voices when when he tells stories. Um, and lots of different accents and what have you. Um, but he declined cause he's, uh, he's been having a lot of, uh, creative, um, muses of his own taking up his time. So Mark graciously took the part and I was so happy with it. And he mentioned to me at one point that he was happy to play a part that wasn't the doctor. Um, that being Doctor Who on Broken Sea. Um, and I was really glad to, ha to be able to fill that for him, I guess. And in essence, we were both doing each other a favor. And he read into all the lines exactly the way I would have wanted him to. Um, and he, he also has that storyteller in his voice that I love to listen to. I could listen to it pretty much all day and not get bored with it. Um... Even though it's not his real voice. Uh, let's see here. Who else do I have? I have... Oh, Nick Pendleton as guard Ethan. Or Ethan. Um, and there was a line that I wrote. And it sounded very awkward when most people who auditioned for the part said it. And he was able to say it and not make it sound awkward. So I didn't have to change the script. Um, and that's always good when I don't have to change the script because then I get frustrated. Uh, so Nick did a great job at analyzing and, um, and reading things the way they would kind of sound normal, <laughs> even though they're not. If that makes any sense to anyone, good. If it doesn't, I'm sorry. I'm high on life right now. Um, okay, and then we're going into the rest of the Claire family. Um, uh, let's see, we've talked about everyone except Lady Gwendolyn, who is the Duchess of Yalding, and she is played by Ara Pelodi. 
Ara is also one of those keen people that have um, the ability to read into the script, read between the lines, and get exactly the tone that I want. And one of the things that I love about the way she performed was the way she says, Rhiannon! And, um, you know, that little sing-song thing that can be so annoying, but you know it's that character. Um, she just she pulled it off so well I was extremely happy with it um, and we were just really really lucky to get her um, let's see here uh, we have Brian played by Alex Gilmore and he also does the uh, the credits for me and I love Alex Alex is great and he did the um, the audition line that I wrote for Brian is, in parentheses, with disgust, uh, Lord Stephen and the blacksmith Bria. And he just did it so well. I was like, Alex, will you do it? And of course he said yes, because he's awesome, because he's Alex. And um, then I asked him to do the credits as well, because I kind of felt bad that he didn't have much of a role. Um, and he did that as well, and he didn't really need any help with the names. He actually corrected me when I was <laughs> writing the names out in the credits, um, which was helpful. And let's see here. Who else? Who else? Who else? Oh, we have two villagers um, that I wrote. One of them is actually my co-worker um, in my real-life job. Uh, his name is Jeff Zarnick. He is new to the voice acting arena. He's not new to acting. He's done a couple of uh, TV like uh, shows. I haven't actually seen them, but they're like criminology shows. He's a professor of criminal justice, and he's done theater with me forever. So welcome to audio, Jeff, and... Um, I hope you stay with us because I love the different voices that you come up and greet me with on a daily basis. And literally he does. He'll come up and be like, good morning, Laura. Or he will say something like Natasha. And of course, I will have to respond with Boris. We must get moose and squirrel. Anyway, um, and then we have Blake Leslie as uh he actually made a name for himself, and I was very fond of that. Um, it's uh, Finnis Hagwood, and he was right on board he with uh, the idea of Stargazers, and he really wanted in. So I was like, sweet, I know exactly where I'm going to put you. Um, just because he has that eagerness in his voice, and he gave me some great outtakes, too, on purpose. So I think the next Wandering Minstrels podcast, um, I'm going to have to put the outtakes in that I've gotten from several different shows and I think Gwen said she's going to give me the stuff she's got from uh, from Tam Lin and so that's probably going to be a show in itself <laughs> uh, let's see here we have Gareth Boley as Prince Liam and he was chosen for his laugh I loved the goofy annoying little laugh and I'm pretty sure that's not his real laugh, but it's exactly how I thought Prince Liam should sound. Prince Liam should sound like a stuck-up little snob. And um, he just nailed it. I was so happy with it. <laughs> um, and then we had a Stefania Lintonbon audition for Lady Gwendolyn, and she 
didn't get the part, but I was very fond of her voice. Gwen was fond of her voice. So we had made mention that Stephen was engaged. So we figured, hey, let's put her in the first show. So uh, Stefania became Lady Erin. Uh, and, and that worked for me. Um, let's see here. Who else do we have? Who am I missing? Well, I'm going to have to pull up my notes then, aren't I? Because, you know, why would I have anything ready when I'm recording? And it takes forever for me to find anything on my computer. Oh, Carl Kubich. I, I'm probably butchering the next, the last name. Carl Kubich as uh, James, the other blacksmith. Um, he definitely had a very clear voice. He sounds a little rusty, you know, um, and that's what I was very happy with, with his audition. And um, I'm sure we're going to end up seeing him more of him in the coming episodes. As uh, Brea says, there's much she can learn from him. Um, do, 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 do. And Terry Cooper, um, basically I forgot to cast the part of the rider and Terry Cooper came riding in on his white horse to my rescue and did it for us. Um, so that was very awesome of him. Um, so thank you, Terry, for, um, becoming the rider. And I think we actually named him. Uh, but that was after the credits were done and everything. Um, we also got a, a very special treat. Um, Jim Smagata, one of our writers for Gypsy Audio, he apparently has a theater class that I'm not sure if he instructs or if he's just a part of, but he got um, his theater group to do some uh, background noise for us for the... Uh, festival hall so I have custom background for the for all the scenes in the keep which is so exciting to me and I think it definitely added to um, the quality of the show so thank you very much to Jim Smagata and all of the students at Theater Arendale uh, for all your help um, so that's pretty much the cast and I've gone over the writing process as of right now, and I am still extremely overwhelmed with joy at how much of a response this show is getting, and I hope you all continue to listen for all of our new shows. I'm pretty sure the next show that's going to come out, um, there's going to be some more music on Twisted Tales of Fairy, and um, I think TAM4 is the next to come out. And I'm looking forward to that one, uh, especially where Tam 3 left off. And uh, after that, hopefully Dracula will be out for September. Or September, October for, for Halloween. Because Halloween is very, very important. Because I like Halloween. Um, don't ask me why, I just do. Um, that's about it for me. And thank you for listening to the Wandering Mistrels podcast. And yeah, I'm done. Bye. 
The content of the Wandering Minstrels podcast is copyright to gypsyaudio.org. Music provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. Please be sure to listen for the next episode of the Wandering Minstrels podcast at gypsyaudio.org. Thank you for listening. the Eagle and Child pub in Oxford. It's 1933 and while life is normally quite dull around here, there are three blokes lately who... Valkyries! We saw Valkyries! I jolly well hope that by the end of term not a mythological creature is ever seen again. I would that they had never existed. Um, I hate to point this out, Worsley, but usually by definition, if it is mythological, it never existed. <laughs> now you're confusing me. I thought that was my calling in life. Normally I wouldn't believe a word they told me. But, seeing as last week Ares, God of War, was in the pub, causing 30 quid of damage, I might add, the fiend, I'm beginning to expect the unexpected round here. Oi! I thought I ordered a shepherd's pie. Coming! Broken Sea Audio Productions, Maudlin. Join the mayhem at brokensea.com. escape me. I am the prince of the night. I strike warm blood cold and keep peasants inside at night. I am evil. I am unstoppable. Oh, shut up, Aura. You talk too much. <clears throat> See? Stoppable. You cannot. Didn't I tell you to stop talking? You are in my thrall. And you're getting in my eyes. Stay down. You cannot keep me down. Especially in the past. Join us at www.gypsyaudio.org for our horrifying production of Dracula. From the 1938 Orson Welles radio play. You've just heard Laura Frechette as Buffy Summers and Alex Gilmore as Dracula. We do not own Dracula, nor do we claim any ownership of Buffy Summers, which belongs to Joss Whedon and Fox. This is for entertainment purposes, 2009.